1: if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today.
0: Joey, this morning, we got a chance to sit down with our daughters. And by the way, as you're listening to this, if you, you really don't know about the story of Christmas and why we call it Christmas. I'm going to encourage you to go to our YouTube page and watch our four daughter, our four children. I, I guess my son was in there. <laughs> Take that away from uh, Rhino. But we interviewed our younger four children, and it was a great opportunity to kind of learn along with them. So when you were going through the, that process, Joey, there's some things that you learned about Christmas that you didn't know, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, like, for instance, I never knew where the Christmas tree came from. Like where that whole tradition came from, so that was that was eye opening to me. I, I loved
0: in the little video that kind of prepped us and our, our kids watched with us too to just talking about the Western calendar and how you know now it's twenty twenty, it's about to be twenty twenty one, and where where that came from. There was actually a man in, you know what was it like five hundred, um, yeah. A.D. or something like that was charged with creating the calendar, and his goal was to use Jesus's birth as as year one. Yeah. And uh, they actually over time realized that he missed the mark by four or five years because he missed the fact that Herod was born or Herod was still living when Jesus was born and they were able to determine, that that happened like four or five years before. So it just like in that process, just learning different things and obviously always being willing to learn. And I know that's a simple thing as it relates to something like Christmas, which obviously has deeper meaning. And and if you watch the video, you'll watch her kids, which I think are special. But I also, I think today's podcast is we're breaking down the infinite banking concept as we always do every week with our coaches. we're We're taking another entertainer, someone out there that's very popular, Dave Ramsey, who is sharing information with his listeners that we may not agree with, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was willing to go out there and talk about a subject matter in such a way that it was clear he didn't understand and he's not willing to learn.
0: Well, I don't know. It's clear to us. It was very clear to us. And it's the thing when you know it right, looks like you immediately can say that's wrong. But the, the difference is, is that we're in this business. We're in this industry of always evaluating what right looks like as it as it pertains to finance. And so for us, it was really easy to point out all the different flaws and the misrepresentations and the half-truths that existed in the video. But I think it's important that we bring this to the light, not to belittle Dave Ramsey. And I, I know that sometimes I get angry and maybe I, I'm, I'm – <laughs> mischaracterize him in some way other than who he is, which is a really smart individual that has created an amazing business. And I know that he's there to do good, but in certain areas, unfortunately, bad information can lead people to bad choices.
1: Yeah. And that's why this was so important for us was that you may be searching out and learning about infinite banking and you get somebody that has a reputation of, Hey, he's, he's a financial guru, right? And he's now talking negatively about this concept. The, bo- the bottom line is you just need objective truth in order to be- make that decision to walk down this path or not. And, and so hopefully that's what you're going to get from this. It, it ended up being this, this is going to be multiple parts. Yeah, <laughs> we this, couldn't do it justice in just one.
0: Well, this is a nine minute video that we were trying to break down. And I think we got about a minute and a half into it. <laughs> so if you like this sort of stuff, you've got many more to come. I hope you will join us and I hope this will be something that will help answer questions for you, too, as you are trying to learn the infinite banking concept for yourself and determine what is right and what is wrong. Let's belly up.
2: Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now. Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall
0: Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas, get exposure to new ones, and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you? Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward
1: slash community. You can join for free today.
0: Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deep into the your favorite subject, the IBC concept. I'm sitting around the table with our favorite coaches. And to my right, I've got the Italian stallion, Mr. Joey Mure. What's up, Joey? I'm doing great.
1: Uh, and those of you that are trying to figure out what the C in IBC stands for, it is concept. And so we just <laughs> essentially said infinite banking concept concept.
0: So just in case yeah. you're wondering. I love it. Well, if this is the first time you've ever listened to this round table, you get to know Joey's got jokes and we bring them out at least once a year. So thank you, Joey, for getting your year's worth in right before the end of the year. Ah, uh, You're welcome. And to your right, we've got downtown Ernie Brown, the man that we like to refer to as the Indiana Jones of finance because he goes deep to find gold in your strategies to bring out to help you get closer to financial freedom. What's up, Ernie? Hey, Russ. I'm doing great, man. And good job. Thank you. What does Dave Ramsey think about IBC?
1: Do what?
0: I said, what what does Dave Ramsey think about IBC? I, I think he thinks it's a load of manure. Okay, well, I'm going to ask JD as I bring him in because we got one last coach on this call, is somebody that is the million-dollar smile or Mr. Incredible, Mr. JD Hill. Welcome, JD, to the conversation.
3: Hey, I'm 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 glad to be here. I don't know which conversation I'm a part of, but I'm I'm just glad to be here.
0: I was going to ask you what is IBC, <laughs> but since Joey went ahead and stole my thunder, what do you think Dave Ramsey what? thinks about it? It's, IBC. It's,
3: the IBC concept, or just IBC? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> beer, IBC as three letters in the alphabet. I don't know. What do you think?
3: Yeah. Um, well, no. I mean, I, I think that Dave Ramsey feels like it's probably a Ponzi scheme. This is uh, this is this has Bernie made up for it.
0: Hmm.
3: When you say he, he
0: thinks it may be a Ponzi scheme, let's refresh everyone's memory. Where we are kind of doing this as somewhat as a response to a video that Dave Ramsey did that why IBC is, IBC is a scam, but also, to I think, to point some differences into our philosophy and how we look at money, right? But specifically in the video that Dave said, why do you believe he thinks IBC is a Ponzi scheme, J.D.? Uh, well,
3: because I, I think um, he, he looked at the people that, that sell it as people that only want your money. And uh, they're money pirates and they're just going to run off with your money as soon as you give it to them.
0: (laughs) 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 That's bad. Man, that was bad. You and I thought about that same lame joke at the same time. Ernie, what do you think? What what do you think Dave thinks about IBC? Uh,
2: My favorite line in his whole video is when he says IBC my butt. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Man, this podcast is off to a roaring
2: start. <laughs> you asked. That really is my favorite part of it.
0: <laughs> but what do you think Dave thinks about this? What what does he say in uh about IBC? Yeah,
2: I, I think he thinks that IBC is an investment strategy. That sure. should be compared to his investment strategy.
0: Okay. And I want to come back to what his investment strategy is because I what I remember from the video is that Dave Ramsey said that. This is old school whole life done poorly, right? And, and what I would say is absolutely part of this concept is using a financial tool called whole life, right? And, and it's old, whole life old school. It is absolutely old school. It's the oldest school. <laughs> Which <laughs> has anybody ever been really frustrated with something that was tried and true that's lasted hundreds of years? as opposed to something that was new age that still haven't maybe gone through the ups and downs to be weather tested and to see if it's actually going to to hang out and, and last long term? So when you call something old school, I'm going to say, okay, I'm listening. I'm good. I'm good with that, right? But when he says it's whole life done poorly, okay, well then let's talk about that because I would even say the insurance industry as a whole, which is funny because Dave Ramsey actually puts infinite banking and the people who talk about infinite banking in the same community with people in the insurance industry now jd you worked at one of the largest insurance companies in the us right and we won't say their name but they're somewhere in the northwest not really but that's, <laughs> that's right you know Midwest, northwest north yeah with fourth yeah. And would you say, from your years of experience working at Fourth semester that that IBC was taught in those in those halls?
3: Uh, No, I I had never heard of IBC concept, the Internet Banking concept concept, until I left.
0: (laughs) Joey, you're too Sorry. Why, Why are you laughing?
1: Uh, I just, I just like where this is going. This well, JD,
0: but think, bring out that because if you worked in a typical yeah. like insurance company, right? I mean, I know that you, that's you, right. hold, you held other financial uh, securities license, which that means you wasn't a financial advisor because you also held an insurance license and worked at an insurance company. That's, I mean, that's what Dave said in this video. But what was it that is is different between, in your eyes, between? infinite banking and those who, who practice it personally and professionally as opposed to typical insurance?
3: Well, I think the difference is a couple of things. One is, you know, with IBC, it's, um you're, you're using it today, right? Which, which is a large in part to, I think, you know, our philosophy, right? And the way that we look at just, just you know, what we're trying to accomplish, which is financial freedom, right? I don't, I don't want to wait 30 or 40 years before I can actually achieve financial freedom. I want it now. And IBC helps us get that now, whereas traditional, you know, whole life, I guess what Dave would say is done right, is is deferring that for the next 30 or 40 years, right?
0: That's not surprising to me that as we're breaking that down that, yes, like if he was, I don't don't think he's um, agreeing with any part of the insurance sector, it doesn't sound like. But when he calls IBC old school whole life done poorly, then the only way that you can take that, that, that comment is to say that maybe old school whole life typically done would be done. Well, Joey, does it surprise you that Dave's in the camp of defer?
1: No, no, that's a hundred percent. The way he views that's the lens in which he has given all of his baby steps and everything else.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I think when we, we talk about this, let's talk about the investment strategy, right? So again, I want to keep going back to this and I know, Sometimes we poke fun at different things at each other, but let let's we're we're okay doing it because we're saying it to each other's face here. Now, I know that sometimes when Joey's not here, I talk about him, but you guys know that Joey can listen to that same podcast and we can have a conversation about it, right? Uh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but we're not gonna talk about Dave Ramsey as an individual, but we are gonna talk about the conversations, right? We're gonna we're gonna get into the actual advice or lack thereof being given. So Ernie, help us with what is Dave's investment strategy?
2: I think Dave tells people primarily to get out of debt and then put all your cash in growth stock mutual funds.
0: Well, so we, we he also has seven baby steps, right? Right. And so instead of like us uh, guessing at those, let's pull those up and let's talk about what are Dave's seven steps?
1: Give them to me, Joey. All right. So number one, you're going to save a thousand dollars for your starter emergency fund.
0: Would, would we all agree that having a thousand dollars somewhere would be a good idea?
1: I think it's a great idea. Well, it depends on where. That's primitive?
0: Yeah, a thousand and, it's I mean, 1, and Hey,
1: just
2: getting started.
1: Absolutely. Hey, I totally mean, agree. Yeah, you may yeah. need a hundred
0: thousand, but you got to have a thousand to get a hundred thousand. So I'm good with that. Baby step number two, Joey.
1: Pay off all the debt except your house using the debt snowball. Good idea or bad idea? I know a little bit more behind the scenes on the debt snowball. So I'm going to say it's okay. Could be improved. All right.
0: need a little more information. Yep. All right.
1: S- step number three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. All right.
0: Well, and he doesn't tell somebody if he, if they said that you need to have three to six months of expenses and a whole life policy, would you be cool with it? I'm, I'm all over it. How about you? Yeah, good with that too. All right, baby step number four. First time the word invest comes out. JD says invest fifteen percent of your household income in retirement. How do you feel about that?
3: Um, I, I, uh, in retirement, so invest fifteen percent of my income in a place where I can't touch it. Um, I'm, I'm not liking it.
0: Well, if we break into that, it says it's time to get serious about retirement, no matter your age. I I think that it is uh, important to know your age because if you're 20, you're 25, are you willing to give up the next 35 or 40 years of your life without access to your money? I think knowing your age would be super important in this conversation. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. I would start with your date of birth. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a starter. Um, and, step four and a half. <laughs> and the reason we know that it's going to wait till forty until we're age sixty is because he puts this thing in here with start with your company's four oh one K plan. And what do we know about 401 K plans um that as far as the your ability to access the money without a penalty? Ain't gonna happen. You have to wait till you're fifty nine and half. a half. Yep. All right. You you with me on this? Okay. i just making sure. Which, by the way, what is the first place we would tell someone to invest? All right, The word invest, which Dave Ramsey actually, I believe, thinks, as you said, Ernie, that whole life is an investment. And we would say that's false. Whole life insurance is a savings instrument. It's in an alternative to your checking account.
1: Yeah, we're, we're not competing with a growth stock mutual fund.
0: So where would be the first place that we would tell someone to
1: invest? We're going to do exactly what Dave does, not what Dave says. Explain what you mean there. We're going to invest in ourselves.
0: Oh, wait, wait a second. Dave says invest in 15% of your money in household, of your household income in retirement. What, why do you say Dave does something different? Because Dave
1: invested in a business. He started a business. And he has continually invested in that business over and over and over again. Now, I don't know any of the particulars, but I can tell you that from 1992, when he was a um, talk show host on a small radio channel, basically up to where he is today, that didn't happen without any investment. So he had to be pouring money into himself and into his own business in order to achieve
0: what he's achieved, well, according to the interwebs, Investopedia, you know the source of all correct information. So, <laughs> please take that with a grain of salt. It says Dave's estimated net worth, and this article was written in 2019, is worth 55 million dollars. Hmm. How much of that do you think Dave made investing in himself, as opposed to investing in growth stock mutual funds? Yeah
2: how much of that $55 million does he think, do we think he has in retirement plans? <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, and I don't know the answer to any of these things, but what I know is, is that what Dave is really good at, and I think we should probably even come back at some point and do a whole segment on... Following Dave Ramsey in the thing that Dave Ramsey is amazing at, and it is building a business, building a marketing organization, building a movement, right? I think we could get behind a lot of that, but I'm with you, Joey. The first thing I would do is follow, like the whole adage is don't try to reinvent the wheel, follow someone else who's successful and emulate what they do. So when a successful person invests in themselves, why in the world is in the the seven baby steps? Why didn't we just create an eighth one and said, first step, invest in yourself? Mm. Wouldn't that have been an amazing thing? By, By the way, I'm assuming that all of this stuff that Dave sells isn't free. So he could even put that in there and even got a plug to sell his stuff. That's a good point. Is he deliberately overcharging for that? By the way? <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to... Sorry, not trying to derail. <laughs> that? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point.
2: Okay,
1: I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How
0: do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at Street.com forward slash free call.
1: Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed, and only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right,
0: so go to com forward slash free call to get that 15-minute conversation, gain clarity. But now, let's jump back into today's episode. All let right right, let's, let's keep going, because I want to come back to this, but these are just good little points I want to start our conversation. On. I have reasons why I think he simplifies like this. Okay, all right.
1: So come come back to me on come that. Come back to you on that. Okay.
0: Baby step number five. Save for your children's college fund. Ernie, you don't even have a kid yet, but just get get going, okay?
2: On what? The kid or the college fund?
0: <laughs> hey, you know? Practice makes perfect. A little bit of both.
3: Sounds good. We'll do.
0: All right. Uh, why why is that a good or bad idea, JD, to save for your kids' college fund?
3: Oh, well I, I think' because you're you're doing exactly what dave is is doing but not teaching is you're investing in your child right you're in, you're investing in their future um so i think I think that's a great thing,
0: yeah, we can get behind wanting to help our kids i I'm gonna tell you in a second uh well, let me tell you now because I'll forget in a second, please do so as we speak, our house is being prepared for tomorrow. We have all our company coming over to the house, we're actually doing what's called a dwelling unit rental. That's where our business is going to be renting my personal house because we need a lot more space and we want to uh, have a, have a nice place with plenty of bathrooms. We will have two bathrooms here at the office. We got to have a place with multiple bathrooms. Mm. It's got an outdoor view, got places that you can kind of spread out and, and break up into small groups. And, and I'm going to overcharge the crap out of this business <laughs> to do that. And thankfully the government has given me an opportunity to do that. And if I do it, 14 days or less. I don't have to pay income tax on that. So that's an amazing opportunity I'm going to be using and charging you for Joey. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for the me. heads up on that. Well, here's the thing that's happening. I'm investing in my kids today. I I told my older two kids, I said, look, here's the deal. I'm going to give you $60. I need the house completely clean before I get home. Now you've got two younger siblings And you've got 11 nieces and nephews. Now, one of them is more of a destructive one because he's still two, and I wouldn't bring him up here if I was (laughs) you. But you've got 10 cousins who lives next door. I don't care how the house gets clean, and I don't care how you divide the money up. You could do it all yourself and keep all the money. Or you can divide it up and spread it out. Or you can have someone else do 100% of it. And any money that you get to keep is money that you made without having to do a single thing. I'm gonna let you make that decision. I believe, Joey, that I am investing in their future by teaching them the power of entrepreneurship. 100%. I
1: mean, at this point, we don't know which way they're gonna go. But either way, they're going to learn a lesson.
0: They're going to learn a lesson. I'm going to come home and, and either my two older daughters are going to have a $30 split between them or or, or they're going to have divided it up amongst a lot of different people. And I, I'm i looking forward to that conversation. To me, that's an education that I can, I can deal with today before they go to college. And they may end up getting to a point where they don't even want to go to college because they learned how to create businesses and create income streams. And then, you know what, if I don't follow the typical financial planning route of 529 plans, I don't have to go through all the penalties to get it back.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I don't know what's all involved in Dave's step there, but I have to believe it's going to be the traditional 529 route and not through whole life the way we would teach our clients on right. how, to, how to save for that very same purpose
0: all right so joey we just got interviewed on time magazine um i think we're gonna be on the front cover with joe biden and Kamala harris (laughs) um and they were asking us about how do we pay off our house should we pay off our house early and that was dave ramsey's baby step dot uh baby step six
1: yeah i so that wasn't joe biden we were getting interviewed by
0: no it wasn't joe biden but it's it was time magazine oh, okay. or time.com okay. or whatever it was about paying off your house i was confused whether um, or not we're on the front cover or not i don't know the yeah answer to that yeah
1: so the the point would be on this is paying off your home early only makes sense in this context what does that mean and that that's what i'm saying like the lens by which dave is teaching people is to retire right, at some point in the future. So if I have 30 years before I can even have a chance to retire, 40 years before I can even have a chance to retire, then using a mortgage and paying it down faster will free me up when I finally hang up the cleats and I don't have to go to this job that I don't necessarily love and I'm not really adding value to.
0: Well, and, and what is our opinion on retirement, Ernie? the opinion that I have
2: learned from being around Nelson Nash and then hearing you guys talk about it is a definition of retirement be taken out of service. Mm. And, and so in our lifespans, retirement happens at death and I'm, I don't really want to bring that as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not excited about being taken out of service early.
0: That's right. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Now his last step, uh, baby step number seven, was to build wealth and give. Now, 100% behind that, I think, you know, growing wealth and giving and being generous with money. There's a couple of things, again, I think we there we can find some common ground. How we get there is a little bit different. Well,
2: what What is wealth?
0: Wealth is goods and services.
2: So it's not accumulated dollars in a retirement plan.
0: Dollars are nothing more than the currency to purchase goods and services. Okay. Right? Yep. So, all right, let, let's come back to this. I, I want to come back. What actually is IBC, JD? Because it, the whole conversation started out as why IBC was a scam. And I want to go through, just so everybody has context to what Dave believes, start showing some parallel as to what it is that we believe and what he believes. But let's talk about IBC. What is IBC?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I say from from my perspective, IBC is is, is taking back control uh, you know, over your, your finances and putting yourself in the best possible position to, to, to win, right? It's, it's putting your dollars in, in, in the place where you have all the use, all the control, all the liquidity of um, and that you get to benefit the most.
0: I like that. Joey, what do you think IBC is? I'm,
1: I'm pretty similar to what JD said, the process of taking control of your money and your future to create freedom today and not to defer life.
0: Mm. Okay. Interesting. Ern. what what tweaks or differences would you have to say if asked, what is IBC? How would you respond? Yeah,
2: well, I agree with that. I like process, what you always said. So I'd say the process of disciplining yourself to control your cash through the vehicle of whole life insurance and then evaluating with that cash each of life's financing opportunities and assigning, evaluating the real cost of those and then making the appropriate decision response.
1: Yeah, he always got a one up, you know? <laughs> well, that was well thought out there. Yeah. Oh, now well, by, by the way, could we just ask Dave what that is? What is obviously? What yeah, what is it? <laughs> he he did he, he never answered it. No, he, he never, never said
0: a, what it was. If you actually watch the video it gets hung up on that little part. It gets ready to give You see where it gets confusing It gets confusing an insurance guy, a dividend. A <laughs> a dividend. Yeah, it, it kind of goes off the rails from there. But yes, what is IBC? Is IBC whole life insurance? No. No. Whole life insurance is a financial tool. The process of using that financial tool, the way that we would borrow against life insurance contracts to take back control of the banking function, is what Nelson said, Bank. Nelson would always come in and said, banking is, is, banking is, that function is going to happen no matter what, who is going to provide that function, that tool, where are you going to deposit your dollars and where are you going to borrow them from? Who's going to be in control of that? Now, there's times where you and I, we we could say, hey, look, you know, uh, taking a loan against a bank in low interest rate environments when I have access to cash over here, but I can put it to work in a better place. I can make that decision if I want to Now Nelson made punches in the face. If he was here, he wouldn't really, but you know, he'd be <laughs> upset with this. But at, at the same time, it, we have that decision, but most of the time people are not even in the financial position to make the decision. They're literally putting their money where Dave says to put it 15% of your money, which for 99% of Americans who are saving much less than 15% of what they make, that's all their money, right? So if That's you're right. putting all your money in a position that you can't access. Anytime something goes wrong, you're going to have to be in a position to go back to a bank and be subject to whatever terms they give you. And maybe it won't be the greatest of terms. Maybe the terms you don't even get to participate in because you've lost your job. And yes, I'm grateful that someone has three to six months of income. But do we know anybody during COVID who lost their job in February or March who still doesn't have a job today? Absolutely. We were interviewing people who were in that position. I talked to a girl today. How long has she been out of work? Since March. Since March. So that three to six months, man, uh, I'm assuming she burned through her thousand bucks and then the three to six months. And if all the money was in a 401k or in, in trying to pay down their house early, that person's in a bad position. Agree? 100%. So Joey, what's the difference between giving financial advice and providing coaching, because I think there's a difference in outcomes that happens because of that.
1: Well, I think this is why, be honest, hearing Dave's response to something like this or any of his responses infuriates me because he is truly giving financial advice with little to no context. I mean, we're talking seconds of context into somebody's overall financial picture Whereas what we would say is we want to provide a framework for people to be empowered themselves. We don't need to go back to daddy and daddy yell at us and tell us what we're doing wrong and, and say, daddy, Dave, look what I did. And he say, wham, that's not good enough. Don't go do this. Come back to me. I mean, literally give people a framework that they can make financial informed decisions and then stay available to help whenever they hit a, a roadblock. That's, to me, that's
0: coaching versus financial advice. J.D., what would you say the difference between giving
3: financial advice and providing coaches
0: and providing coaching?
3: What, yeah, well, financial advice, I think, is you're selling a product at the end of the day, hmm. right? Um, and, and so you're incentivized to sell a product. And, and so that's why I agree with Joey, that I, I think, and, in, 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 you know, there's towing the line on this, but at the end of the day, like, telling someone to save 15% of their savings into their retirement is giving financial advice, right? And, and the, the the caveat there, the downside of that is, is that if it doesn't work out for that person, it's not Dave's fault, right? It, they can't go back to Dave and say, well, Dave, you gave me this advice because Dave is not in the business of quote unquote giving financial advice, even though I, w- I would argue that he is, right? Because he's selling a product. Uh, whereas coaching is, if I'm coaching someone, I'm not, I'm not selling a product, right? I'm, I'm I'm helping you accomplish what you want right is is, is we're, we're we're going through like the, the, uh, a process of helping you accomplish what you want not not what i want right because my incentive as a coach is for you to win and you winning is is defined by you not defined by me
0: well as we wrap this up and i really agree with everything you guys have said today that one i i think that there's a very stark difference between what Dave and I would say typical whole life insurance companies believe they believe that you should defer money, you should keep it away from you as long as possible, where we stand apart from that we're saying no financial freedom is not at retirement. Financial freedom can be attained when my passive income is greater than my monthly expenses. And I can get there when I manage expenses well, which by the way, when I pay off my house early, when I'm trying my best to pay off the house early, I'm making extra payments. I'm doing 15 year mortgages. All of these types of things have been encouraged through these baby steps. I'm literally increasing my monthly expenses. I'm not decreasing them. So I'm getting further away from what I really want. Not to mention when I'm investing in someone else first, there's a high likelihood that I'm not going to get to where I want to be much faster than they do. Right. So we would say the first place you should always invest is into yourself. That understanding what your gifts are and trying to accentuate those and improve upon those is going to add more value to the world, which is going to result in dollars. Right. right. Dollars follow value. 100%. So when we need to invest, don't take your dollar and then give it to someone else. Invest in yourself first. And by the way, your financial IQ can help you encourage yourself to know where it is. I'm, and I'm going to end with this. I was talking to a guy today that um, who actually lives in Nashville, a funny thing, um, not too far from Dave. And a um, very successful guy, uh, just sold um, some um, some part of his music catalog is what they call it. Some of his music that he had and he's there and, we're, and he's, you know, starting a bunch of different things. Really cool, fun to see him like get, invest, uh, get involved in rental properties and land flipping and, and ATM machines, and all these different ideas. And he says, Russ, let me ask you though, I got all these friends that are telling me that I should take at least a portion of this money and go put it in Vanguard, a Vanguard fund. What do you think about that? He goes, Now nah, I know you're, you're Wealth Without Wall Street, but you don't think that's a good idea? What would you say? <laughs> and I said, well, let me ask you, what do you know about Vanguard? He goes, I don't know anything about it. I said, well, what was the purpose of starting the land flipping company, starting the ATM business and starting the, the short term or long term rental business? He said, well, I wanted to have enough cash flow to replenish the royalties I was getting from all the other stuff. I said, oh, cool. Now, how much income are you going to get from Vanguard? He's like, well, well, none. I said, well, how much do you know you're going to get in the future? He goes, I don't. I said, now let me tell you about a story of me buying this Ethereum miner two and a half years ago, thinking I'm going to sell it every single month and put the cash in my pocket. You see this chart where it was at $800 a coin. And then about three months after I bought it, it was down here about $100 a coin. <laughs> and it was costing me $200 a month to manage each one of those operations to get that coin. I didn't want to sell it because it was it, I would have lost money to sell it. So what did I do? I held it. I held it long. You see what this chart does, starts going back up. And I said, the other day, I finally got all my money back and I sold it. And he goes, oh, man, that's awesome. I said, yeah, sort of. I go, here's the problem, though. What do you think that I've been doing for the last two weeks since I sold it? He goes, probably looking to see what the price is. I said, exactly right. I said, now, if we go back one year, and I showed him the chart. One year ago, Ethereum was trading at a, like $112 a coin. Now it's at 650 That's 300-something percent growth in one year, right? One year ago, I was in that position with that. And I was like, I'm still pissed. I'm pissed today because I sold it at five eighty-five and it's worth six six fifty. He goes, "Oh, oh!" and it, and it hit him. He's like, "I get it. Why would I ever want to create that sort of mental space to be worrying about that sort of stuff when it actually doesn't get me any closer to my goal of having cash flow?" He said it better than you could have. He sure did. And so I just wanted to share that with you today. Thank you guys for for listening to this episode, because again, this is not about whether or not IBC is good or bad. It's about a philosophy of are you taking control? Are you putting yourself in a position to get to financial freedom as quickly as possible? And using a tool like whole life insurance as a savings instrument is only going to make you say, what else can I do with my money next? And I hope you'll come back next week. And if you're not a part of our inner circle where you can actually go deeper into this discussion, because that's where we're going, Joey, we're about to actually bring on everyone who's listening to us live, that you can take advantage of that. How can they do it, Joy? Yeah. Head on over to
1: wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. We have a seven day free trial and we'd love to have you. All
0: right. Thank you so much. See you on the next episode. Wow. That episode was on fire no doubt. The way you can continue to gain value from these episodes is when you learn something, you go and share it with somebody else. So today, I want you to share this episode with one person that you know will love it. This has been the Wealth
2: Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry.